welcome back indeed. Episode number 65, Razzball Fantasy Basketball Podcast Sun and Joel Edition. What's going on, my, my man, Joel, on this fine Valentine's Day? I'm doing okay. Um, just as good as jumping Joel folks, you know. Uh, <laughs> we, need to, we need to do a little housekeeping here. Yeah. Uh, because last week we uh, were talking about Joe um, in our numbers segment, and neither one of us put the proper respect on him. Um, it really just like blew it, uh, from a timing standpoint too. Last week, LeBron passed Kareem as the all-time leading scorer. <clears throat> and on that weekly podcast, we didn't say anything about Joe folks who once held that record. Um, I'm obviously ashamed. he was, yeah, it's, it's an oversight for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, in 1946, 47 playing for the Philadelphia Warriors, he dropped 23.2 points a game followed up 22.1 points a game in 47, 48. Uh, that led the score that led the league in both, uh, both seasons, um, played for seven years. Um, yeah, he was, uh, like I said, at one time an NBA scoring leader and then was passed. And then as, as this goes on down the line, eventually LeBron passes all of them, but sorry, Joe, my bad. <laughs> sorry, Joe, the, uh, the Seppuku knives are sharp and ready. Uh, we'll be bringing them out from the closet later today. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will do the D. Um, all right, episode number 65. Uh, one player in the league has won that number, George Rakovich from 1940. He played 1949 to 1954. Career 9.2 points per game, 6.9 rebounds, 2.3 dimes. Uh, he only shot 37% from the field, so I was kind of surprised that, you know, he even lasted that long. But, um, you know, we got dudes like Matthijs. Thibault in the league now that can't shoot. Well, actually, he's been shooting, you know, recently. But, uh, you know, maybe they had those specials back then. But uh, probably a different game back then. So, uh, number of times, 65 points has been scored. Kobe did it once. And that that Wilk guy, uh, he did it three times. So, there we go. Number 65. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, you know, I wonder how many times Joe Folk got there. But... Um... <laughs> Now, I wanted to talk with you a little bit today about um, trade deadline. We, we spoke last week um, mostly about the Kyrie Irving deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's only fair to, to give Kevin Durant the same treatment. That was obviously the big name. It was a crazy, crazy deadline. Um, I think 24 teams were involved in trades. Um, none of them involved John Collins, which is obviously a... <laughs> So strange. It's so strange. I couldn't manifest it. I did my best, you know. That Hawks energy is just hard to overcome. But uh, it's crazy. But you know, we can. I think we should talk about Durant because you know we were talking last week a about Irving and also about sort of how we are how we're thinking about the the Western Conference. And so, you know, what do you are you putting Phoenix at the top now? Are they your your Vegas likes them as their favorites out of the Western Conference now with the the Durant edition. Um, I personally am not terribly sold on it, but I'd love to hear what you've got to say. They're definitely within the conversation. I don't think they're like the prohibitive favorite um, because, mm-hmm. you know, they lost a lot of depth, right? Their defense, yeah. Has, yeah, their defense has gotten worse. Uh, and you never know. I mean, Chris Paul and Devin Brooker have had some health issues this year. Uh, Kevin Durant as well. So, uh, you know, actually, you know, obviously health plays a big factor into this. Well, if they're all healthy, um, I mean, they can beat anybody in the league. 
I don't I don't think like the um there's going to be too much uh like they'll be able to get into the groove pretty quickly uh because all these guys have played you know team USA together uh mm. so they know each other pretty well I would imagine you know obviously fi- you know figuring out like the role players and things like that like that may take a little bit of time but um you know Monty Williams like I, I'm I really like him as a coach uh, especially offensively, like he does a lot of really good things. He draws up a lot of good sets. Uh, so I think, you know, the things that he's going to do, like uh, he's going to be able to maximize the strengths of each of those players. Uh, and, you know, obviously having Kevin Durant kind of just makes everything easier. But I think, you know, they're going to get really good looks, I think, offensively. So, yeah, to me, depth, health, and um, uh, depth and health are probably the main issues. And, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the West. You know, there's a lot of good teams. I mean, uh, you know, Denver, I mean, they're going to be tough. Um, you know, I know you kind of poo-poo on the Clippers, but, I mean, they're they're there, man. You know, I think they have a chance, right? Obviously, health and things like that. So, Memphis, you know, I really like Memphis. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're definitely within the conversation, uh, but I don't think they're the prohibitive favorite. Let me hear what yeah. you think. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with that assessment. I think I still prefer Denver. Um because of what you were talking about with depth and, and health, like, you know, the West isn't as good as it, as it has been in the past, but to get out of it, you've still got to beat three pretty good teams. Um, Phoenix is presently in the four spot. Um, they could move up, I suppose, but, um, you know, if it, if it holds right now, they'd have to beat Dallas and then Memphis and then Denver, um, that's hard. It's tough. You know, yeah. that's a tough road, Definitely. especially with, you know, what you were talking about with just, um, you know, they lost a lot of depth in that move. Um, and health is not a, it's never a guarantee anyways. And, um, you know, Chris Paul is 37. We've seen him break down at really inopportune times for Phoenix over the last couple of seasons. Um, I know that like, we're so I think we're so spoiled as basketball fans watching not only LeBron like play at this kind of level um, at this advanced age, but like the Kevin Durant is just like such a, a mutant in the way that like that Achilles injury just like didn't really slow him down. It turns out it's crazy. He's, he's just still Kevin Durant, and you know this this knee injury is not nearly as like impactful as um, as the Achilles, but he has missed some time and. You know, there's only like 20 games left in the season now, um, maybe 30, I guess. But you know, we're gonna you're gonna have to get right and rolling and firing in a hurry. There's not gonna be a lot of time to warm it up. Um, I think any kind of setback would be a really a really big problem. Um, I don't know. I guess you know, from a sort of stepping away from this, the context of this season, like that was that was the whole boat for Durant, you know, it was two really good players and Bridges and Johnson. It was all the draft picks. Um, you know, we said like Paul is 37, Durant is 34. Like you got to do it now. It's, it's kind of a classic new owner move from, from Matt Ishbia to go like, you know, who needs these draft picks? Like, well, yeah. let's just go get the best player. Um, they're going to be paying for it for the next like seven years. Would you have done that move if you were in that position? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I think part of it too is like, 
you know, some of the bet here is that a, they can sort of coalesce and be a champion within the next like two years. Really. I don't know. It feels like we're getting to the last legs of Chris ball here. Um, and if you don't accomplish that, like I'm not convinced that this like Devin Booker, Deandre Ayton thing is going to hold. Like mm. I think book could probably stay in, in Phoenix for a long time. Cause they can pay him the most money. He'll get the most money. Um, but I, I mean, have we fixed the Monty Williams, Deandre Ayton situation? Like they, yeah, I don't know. They made him go get a full contract. He signed a deal with it with Indiana this off season. Like, um, he's been playing really well of late. He but... has been. The usage rate has spiked up big time. Like I remember early in the year, it was like 14, 15%. I mean, recently it's been mid twenties. So, yeah. um, you know, it'd be interesting what happens when Durant comes into the mix. That's obviously going to come down a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I mean, that may give him more opportunity to feast, uh, down low, you know, it's just interesting, you know, because, you know, Monty Williams, like he does a lot of like off the ball screening, you know, the Spain pick and roll stuff and, you know, just stagger screen on the, on, you know, flex screens on, on the wing and stuff like that. So, um, maybe that's why he doesn't like Aiden, you know, because I think he likes, he wants that space, right? He just wants mm. dudes moving around and, and back picking and screening. And, uh, so maybe, maybe that's, you know, issues. So it, maybe he feels like it clogs, clogs up things a little bit, but, um, you know, he also runs the pick and roll with Aiden and things like that too. So, uh, I do think that he's a creative mind and, you know, he'll kind of figure out, get all the pieces working together. Um, I do have confidence in him just because I've seen, you know, a lot of the sets and like adjustments that he's made. Uh, but yeah, it remains to be seen though. Um, like they got a lot of talent for sure. Uh, losing Mikel was, Hurts, man. I like yeah. Mikel, man. <laughs> Whew, I mean, that Nets team will be fun now. I mean, I, I, think I don't know exact, exactly yeah. how they're going to move forward they've got a million wings and now like no no uh no like stars to uh you know help power that offense but like they'll be tough and they'll definitely be a player in sort of trades moving forward i could see finney smith and o'neill being off-season yeah. uh guys get shipped out but yeah bridges is good i know cam johnson is a little bit older for being a prospect but like he's definitely a player yeah. too um yeah, Phoenix is working without a, a ton of margin here. Um, and so if they don't get it this year or next year, that could be a really painful next like half decade they're looking at. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I get it. You know, when you have the chance, you got to, you know, you push in, right? Because, you know, banners and championship flags, they live forever, right? But, uh, you know, as... Uh, you know, playing in, uh, you know, being owners in 32 team, you know, dynasty leagues for fantasy, uh, you know, you kind of understand that like, yeah, you may increase the probabilities of getting a chip, but man, there's so much out of your control that it's not guaranteed. Yeah. Like if it was guaranteed, like, yes, if I make this move, then I'm going to get the chip, then yeah, it's worth it. Right. But man, it's not guaranteed. So like, and you know, maybe you increase the probabilities, but I mean, it's never going to be a hundred percent. So, you know, is it worth it? Right. Is that risk reward ratio worth it? Right. And I think that's the conundrum. Like, so I, I get the allure and the appeal, but you know, more, more often than not, like now, like, especially, you know, playing in these deep leagues, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you definitely think more about the future. <laughs> so, uh, it's, you know, it kind of had that fine balance. Um, I, yeah, I always feel like, 
like making huge ugh, like okay so you always want to make moves that put you over the top right so like this kevin durant move you know ishba obviously feels like it puts him over the top but a lot of times i feel like it's not those crazy big moves that put you over the top it's like a lot of these like ancillary pieces that teams get you know like um you know more like specialist type of thing like you know they need a, someone to defend the wing like at andre iguodala right like for the war you're right mm-hmm. or for the warriors back in the day granted you know they, the timeline was a little different but you know or you know we need a shot blocker or we need a big to defend or and, and you know it's not even a guy that's going to be a superstar and play tons of minutes but it's like you know like all right we need someone to come in 20 minutes you know if they have a big or you know we need to lock down or you know we need to play a certain style um then i feel like those little ancillary moves are sometimes i guess more potent to putting a team over the top rather than right like acquiring like this huge superstar because you have to give up a lot you know to get them and yeah so uh, it's interesting it's interesting what do you think is going to happen at the three there in phoenix like that you know we've talked about paul booker Aiden, durant like those are sort of no-brainers those four guys are going to play probably play at a really high level right now the guy who's got the job still is Tory craig uh he's been playing well he's been playing well i mean both of them have been playing well that's you know that's the thing um you know i mean they're i guess they're both kind of like defensive guys right so which is good like you Mm -hmm. want that defensive presence on the wing and it's been an added bonus because they've actually been shooting very well recently i don't know if you can necessarily you know count on that and we'll see you know when when you know when it comes down to it right because you know teams are not going to want to like okay so you're looking at the roster you got paul booker durant ayton right and you're like well how are we going to defend this yo let's let's fucking make tory craig and joshua kogi beat us right and mm-hmm. more often than not i mean that's going to be the right move right <laughs> right like i would if i'm a coach i'm going to be like yo just let them shoot right they're, yeah you know they're, they're going to make some for sure but um more often than not you know they're not right because they're not on that level so uh so it'll be interesting to see how they um how they you know kind of operate in that but uh i i actually think it's okay just from a team construction standpoint because that's Mm -hmm. kind of the the piece that you do want there like you do want that rugged defensive guy that's gonna um you know guard the wings and stuff like that so i don't know yeah i think your mention of like who's gonna who's gonna beat us is a a good thing to bring up because this the the wall has finally uh, met chris paul here like mm-hmm. the the shooting numbers are finally i guess he's finally showing his age is yeah. what i'm saying like he shot 43 percent from the field as a 20 year old um and this year he's finally slipped below that he's shooting 42.8 percent from the field um you know, watching these Suns games, like he just doesn't, he's not getting to where he used to be really effective. Um, on his dunks and threes page, uh, you can see like how much his um, his mid range has fallen off. Like this is a guy that like has been bread and butter from like 15 feet and in. Um, he's been in like the 90th, 95th or better percentile for like 15 straight years. Yeah. This year down in like the um and so if you're gonna like 
thinking about defending the Suns, like obviously Durant is a is a five alarm buyer that you have to deal with, as is Booker. Uh, um, but you know, like maybe the plan is like we're gonna try to make CP beat us, like CP a Kogi, and then if Aiton can do it, then like good luck, guys. But you know that that would be the way that I'd approaching. That's a good point. Guarding the Suns, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's just doesn't look like Paul's going to be the guy who can do it for you anymore. No, that, that, that's a really good point. Um, yeah. So you got, you know, so yeah, you got to, you know, pick your poison, right? Like obviously Duran is the top and then Booker. So, um, yeah, that is a really good point. You know, it's funny. It's like with Paul, like how fast narratives shift, right? Like there was a point where he's like, yeah, man, this guy's indestructible. And then he gets injured and he's like, yo, this guy's injured prone. And then he comes back and plays it. And that, and then they're like, yo, now he's, you know, he's, indestructible he's gonna, he's gonna play into his 40s you know it's just the the ebbs and flows of of shit is just so hilarious to me um yeah yeah i mean we we have gotten some amazing years out of him late yeah, career like definitely. he was an all-star he's been an all-star for the last three years mm. he was an all-star yeah. uh 19 20, the, the two first years in phoenix yeah. he was an all-star that last year in oklahoma city like um it he was great. He is great. You know, no he's doubt. a Hall of Famer. No doubt. But, um, you know, at, at 37 years old, um, a lot of miles now, it, they've really, they push him out to being a three-point shooter is really what's happening. Is like, yeah. he can't get to the mid-range. He hasn't been able to get to the rim in a long time. The game is just moving further and further out for him. Well, you, well, uh, you know, um, you know, you saying that, uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, back in the, uh, when Steve Nash was in the league. So when he was both in Dallas and was it Houston, right? Um, I remember there were times where they're like, you know, the defensive schemes that came to be like, let's just let Steve Nash beat us. Let Steve Nash go for 30 because his main, uh, the main threat for him is breaking down defenses and getting his role players involved, right? Him dishing out, and then that just elevates the whole team. But if he's mm-hmm. the main guy and you make him shoot, then it kind of like, you know, obviously puts more. He has to expend more energy, but then also it keeps those other guys kind of out of rhythm and stuff like that. So that's actually a good point, and it makes sense because especially because his, uh, you know, Paul's efficiency has come down a little bit, he's a little older. So then, yeah, not only do you make him expend more energy. And then the probabilities are probably increased, you know, when you let try to let him beat him. But then you keep those other guys out of the rhythm and then keep the ball mm-hmm. out of the hands of Durant and Booker. So, yeah, I, I do like that. That's a really good point. Well, that's what the, the Pelicans were trying to do last year. They just, like, put Jose on him. Yeah. And, like, Alvarado just worked him Alvarado's for 80 dope. feet, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I are there other people that you're that you're concerned about in Phoenix as far as, like, fantasy fallout obviously like craig will maintain some value a kogi will maintain some value um but you know durant's addition is obviously a big that's you know 30 whatever percent usage that's coming into town here what are there people that you're worried about i i i, I do think that Aiton will probably take a a big blow here yeah um you know recently like he's like i said like the, the usage rate has been like mid-20s Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just think the way that uh, Monty Williams likes to kind of run his sets and things like that, um, it's not really Aiton-centric. And I think that was probably the main problem, you know, coming into this, right, this whole 
like I think that's one of the main problems those two have had because you know he doesn't give him like touches in, down in the block like he wants yeah. you know Chris Paul operating at the top and then having guys you know screening on the wings and just having kind of movement like that so uh, and then especially with Durant like you're gonna have to they're gonna give him kind of like probably those elbow right like mid-range post-ups you know to let him operate there so yeah yeah i i yeah, yeah i think he's gonna be the biggest um yeah it's, he's gonna be impacted the most for mm-hmm. sure yeah you know yeah, look, this is your yeah your looking at the, high window yeah yeah if you could sell well I, you know a lot of trading deadlines are probably done but i yeah, guess it's true yeah but um yeah if you could that'd be great i was just looking at this uh you know like the backcourt i mean so gross saving lee and damian lee you know it's like that's so fucking gross but you know i guess you give paul a breather just move booker down to the one basically because he's done that before right just have him run the offense and then i guess you could have damian lee a good shooter so just have mm-hmm. him play the two um but that yeah that is kind of gross <laughs> yeah it, it gets it gets kind of dicey in a hurry especially you know with like campaign's been back banged up shaman has been banged up you know they i guess tj warren came over in the deal he's kind of been hit and miss you know he definitely doesn't look like the uh, the tj warren of the bubble um so you know it's and then it's it's thin it's thin behind durant too um i kind of like basely i kind of like the basic pickup um you know, I don't know if they're going to trust him enough know, to play him. That's the you know, that's the thing. Is like if he was in like San Antonio, just like all right, like go, go play twenty five minutes a game. But like you know the, because the West is so sort of congested and like, you know, you really, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard to like get enough clearance to give Darius enough run to like be a really impactful player. Yeah, no doubt. Too bad, you know, so athletic. Get him out in transition. Could do it, but yeah. There's uh, his shooting and some IQ issues, so yeah, that'd be yeah. Campaign, you're right. Campaign is they need to get him healthy, man, and sham it. Like that, he yeah. hasn't played in so long. I know, I know. <laughs> it's so gross. Um, yeah. How how you feeling about him uh, on on the on the squad, the RSL squad? Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. You know, we had a we had our trade deadline um, come up. Uh, I guess yesterday, last night yeah. was our trade deadline. Um, and my, I, I've been thinking about that, that team a lot. So okay. I have, I have quite a lot of thoughts. Let's hear it. Um, really more than anything, more than any other team that I've ever rostered or played with. Um, I feel like I know this team really well, okay. you know, with the, with, when you're in a, a league that rosters 450 players or whatever, like, there's just you get to know the things that you're invested in and the guys that you're invested in the situations that are playing out there maybe more than you would in a shallower league and so at the beginning of the year i thought at the beginning of the new year i thought there was a window there's a small window for me to make a run um and either potentially you know three ways that you can cash in this league one is the head-to-head standings at the end of the year the other is the Roto standings at the end of the year. And the third way is the head-to-head playoffs. Um, and I thought I had an outside shot at the two season longs. Um, mostly I was looking at schedule and, um, you know, just like the team was starting. Jamal Murray was playing better. Um, he looked like he was really rejuvenated and coming back off that knee injury. And um, he's a big player for us. And 
I have a lot of like functional depth that had been playing okay. And then just shit kind of went sideways. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I pulled this, we talked on the pod, but I pulled this deal where I traded Jalen Johnson and Nikhil Alexander Walker and the 23 first for book Lopez and Kevin Love and the aforementioned campaign. Payne played like two games before he re-aggravated his foot. So that's a zero. Um, Love fell out of the rotation. He broke his hand and then he fell out of the rotation. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's I don't think he's a buyout guy either. Just briefly, I know that people have been listing uh, Kevin Love as a buyout candidate, but like Kevin Love is already rostered by the team that would pick him up for right. as a buyout player. Like, right. 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 This isn't the magic like telling Terrence Ross to go away. This is like the third best team or the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference that like isn't going to be waving shooting and leadership. Um, you know, he's been there forever. I just can't imagine that Love gets bought out. But he's buried. He's not going to play anymore. It looks like um, Bobby Portis hurt his knee. Jeremy Sohan had a bad back. Trey Jones had a bad yeah. foot. I think injuries have killed you, man. Dude, uh, Orlando Robinson broke his, broke his thumb. Jamal Murray is now nursing his knee injury. And so we went from being in like fifth place and definitely in the hunt to like falling back over the last two weeks. And it made me reassess where this team is. Like, it, can I actually win? Is this the year that I can get any piece of this? Um, and it sort of made me write off the Roto standings and the season long head to head. So the the last path that remained open to me was this head-to-head playoff. And as I was going through the the players that I could trade for, the guys that were available, I was being pitched these deals, these win-now deals, mostly around Jeremy Sohan that I was not interested in doing because I, I, with only one path to victory available to me, you know, moving Jeremy Sohan for like Dorian Finney-Smith is not going to get me there if – uh, Jamal Murray is hurt. If Bobby Portis is hurt, if Brooke Lopez is, is hurt, like the the thing that's going to get me over the top is if these guys are healthy. And so, yeah, I, I looked through a lot of deals that I was interested in. I briefly considered selling of like, what can I get for this? Um, because a lot of those other top 10 teams are making moves. You added Daniel Tice, PJ Washington, Isaac Okoro. You're in first place, by the way, I should mention. Uh, in the Roto standings and looking pretty, pretty strong. Um, Eric Gordon got, went to a top 10 team, Joe Ingles, Dwight Powell, Luca Garza, uh, Vlatko Chanchar, all those guys got traded to top 10 teams. And so I was sitting here going like, I'm in seventh, like maybe I can just bail. Like maybe, maybe someone will overpay. Um, but the, the reality is like the trade deadline in real life did not go my way. Collins is still a Hawk. Jackson Hayes didn't get traded out of New Orleans. Um, the, st- the sort of status quo was maintained in Toronto with Scotty. Um, Jay Crowder comes to to Milwaukee. That's going to cut into my Portis shares. Could cut into my Grayson Allen shares. Um, I've Edwin Sumner, who is now buried in Brooklyn. So like, I feel kind of stuck. Yeah, you're, um, you're kind of in the middle. You know, you're in the I, middle. Yeah, I definitely was and am. Um, but all this sort of prompted me into thinking of like, what is what does this team need? This team needs three point shooting. This team needs field goals, field goal help. Um, the field goal is like kind of immaterial at this point. I won't be able to change it. Yeah. Um, but threes would definitely be useful. 
um, especially in these head to head contexts. Cause like, I just don't, especially without love, like I just don't have a lot of three point shooting. Um, so I did end up making a deal. I was inspired by a guy in our league that like showed me the way, <laughs> like, this is, this is how you get off bad money. Yeah. Um, and the deal was Kevin Love and Jackson Hayes to a bottom five team for uh, Corey Kispert. Uh, included in that was my 2025 first round pick and my 25 or a uh, second round pick. I actually get your second back in it. Um, but yeah, it's it's Love, Hayes, and a first essentially for Kispert. And I don't think you like that deal very much, Dan. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it was fine. It was fine. I, um, no, you have to mention the, the salary, which is a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the thing that was impressive is like I sent $12 out um, and brought $4 back in Kispert, um, which opened up $8 in cap room. And I have at least one roster spot, maybe two, depending on how much I want to like move things around. Um, and my $8 is like now fourth most cap room in the league. So I'll have some flexibility going forward to, to sort of try to, pull a gem from the waiver wire which is still looking pretty ragged but yeah yeah uh, no no i yeah my i guess my initial reaction was like you know maybe it was tepid so maybe you interpreted it that way but um no i actually did like the deal because you know obviously you have to give up a first which is kind of sucky right in any situation but um you know getting that cap flexibility is, is huge uh, I still have some semblance of hope for like Jackson Hayes, just because he's so young and athletic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean he's not really playing in the rotation, really, right? Just getting free, you know a couple minutes here and there. Um, and Kevin Love, I think it was toes. So actually, yeah. you know, I'm really good with that because for me, um, I'm always like my over the last few years. I think just from everything, just my experience and stuff like that. Like I definitely. I'm just trying to get younger and younger. And I know uh, Sean Siegel over at uh, Rotoviz, like he's like a fucking amazing, you know, fantasy football guy. And you know, one of his big mantras is you just have to fucking keep grinding and just keep churning your, basically keep churning your roster and keep getting younger and keep getting younger and just keep churning, churning, churning. And so I'm of that mindset too of, uh, yeah, man, just, just, I'm always trying to get younger. I think, I think that's like my main thing. So I liked it. You get Kispert and not only are you getting minutes, but you're getting, uh, you're getting younger too. And so that's why I was a little, you know, I guess a little curious. And I mean, you basically just kind of explained where you were because you're, you're in the middle, right? And like a lot of times being in the middle is the worst position to be, right? Because you kind of fuck yourself on both avenues. So like, you have some older guys, but then, you know, you did address it with love, right? But you have some older guys. And so, like, if you have that mix of young and old, then I guess you're more, uh, you should pro- uh, probably think about pushing in, right? Because you feel like it's, it's solid. And, and, you know, the injuries for you is like, that's the fucking huge thing. And that's what really right. fucks you because, you know, you're like, ah, these guys going to come back. Like, if you knew that they were done then i think it makes it easier for you right the the fact that man there's a chance they could come back and if they come back then you're right you look at your squad you're like oh man like hey i got a chance here right 
So I think that's the one that's I think that's where that kind of like paralyzed you, like seeing all those red flags, right? Um and you know, because you were thinking about, yeah, should I just tear it down? All right. And then, you know, if you tear it down, like, yeah, you could get a lot for Bobby Portis, right? Even Brooke Lopez. Like, you know, Brooke Lopez is probably the prime, right? He's thirty four, right? He's having an unbelievable season. And Amazing. Could, yeah, and you could get a lot for him. But but then therein lies the conundrum, right? Because you're like Man, like if Murray's healthy, Collins is healthy, campaign comes back, Port, like those are valuable minutes and like they can do it. And obviously your squad is, you know, where you're at because, right, when those guys were playing, like they were good, right? So um, yeah. I do get it. Uh, you know, the thing is, is, I mean, especially in this deep league, I think you and I are in similar straits in the sense that uh, we don't have a Giannis. Like we don't mm-hmm. have the superstar. I mean, you you paid her for Scotty Barnes, but you know, like if you look at a lot of these other top heavy teams, like they spent the basic model was like they spent one high, super high guy, and then they surrounded him with two other high price guys. So they have basically mm-hmm. a triumvirate most of them, and then they fill in the rest. And then obviously the top, the teams at the top, a lot of their you know five dollar guys, one dollar guys have hit. That's right. So that makes them and so. In like head to head any week, you know, I mean, they have kind of an advantage over us, over our teams, because our teams are mm-hmm. kind of built more on uh, depth and minutes, right? So in yeah. a, in a way, we're we're more kind of regular season teams, right? And so um, we kind of need everything to go right in a playoffs to beat those Giannis, those the super teams, right? And so I think yeah, we're in similar straits there, so. Um, yeah, man, you know, so just, tr- I know for you, just trying to collect as many minutes as you can to kind of, you know, give yourself a puncher's chance was good. But yeah, I, the, it, the injuries have really fucked you. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, the good news is like, I think most of these guys should be coming back after the all-star break is, is the understanding. Um, you know, I don't, I think I pull, I paid full price for Corey Kispert. <laughs> I didn't really want to trade a first round pick for him. Yeah. I re- I did a lot of work for it, but part of what was um, what was challenging is like there was no market for Kevin Love, uh, obviously, um, and the market for Jackson Hayes was really really weak, oh, yeah. mostly because he's just he's not playing. There's there's not a, a real clear way of like how he's going to start getting minutes in New Orleans <laughs> if he's not getting minutes now, um, and he was a seven dollar player that. I, I drafted kind of in a panic because the draft uh, like platform is not the same platform that we were playing on. And so I had a moment where just like, oh, shit, I don't have a center eligible player on this roster. I need to go get Jackson. Was this uh, was this after our, our Walker Kessler battle? Uh, <laughs> yeah, must have been. Must have been. I don't. Yeah. So I had like I had twelve dollars in sort of dead money. Yeah. Just like these guys are not helping me. What you said about like being sort of a volume team is absolutely true. I have one twenty twenty point scorer, and it's not the guy I'm paying fifty seven dollars. Um, and so the 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 strength of this team is that players six through thirteen are better than like the that group of of players for other teams um yeah and so i i was able to get off love i was able to get off hayes i had attached a first round pick for kispert 
who does like some really important things for me. Um, you know, he's making 1.83s a game. He's shooting 41% from deep. Um, and honestly, like him shooting 47% from the field is better than my team average. So it's not great um, to pay full price for a guy who really like, he hasn't been inside the top, well, you know, 200 as a category player. But the statistics that he does provide, namely three-point shooting and scoring a little bit, um, are really, really valuable for my group. He has the uh, dual eligibility too, which is huge. You know, yeah. and, you know, for me, especially because we're so, uh, we need volume. We need to be able to slide in guys and just have guys play. Like that's the only way, that, like that's our advantage. So yeah, to have the both guard and forward eligibility is huge. You know, like that's mm-hmm. why those forward center guys are like, you know, your Bobby Portis, like they're fucking huge, man. You know, like they make yeah. a huge difference. The other thing, too, that happened with this is um, coming out of the draft, I had JaVale McGee and uh, Reggie Bullock and um, the couple other, they're, uh, like, Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope. I had older players, as you mentioned. I only have one guy in his 30s now, and that's Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Um, the majority, I think, like, something like 80% of my dollars are going to guys 25 and younger um kispert obviously fits into that i think four dollars out of a 200 dollars budget is a nice contract especially for a guy who like i said just does a thing that's that's really vital to me um i think he can be part of this core going forward um just on three-point shooting alone like i don't think he's an amazing player um i think there's kind of like a i think people are down on him because he, he keeps on getting big minutes in washington and doesn't really do anything with them um but in a, a league this deep, you know, like you've always said, minutes are gold. He started last night. He started, I think, two of the last three games. Um, if he can knock in like two threes a game, it really matters for this team that has Scotty Barnes and Jeremy Sohan and Trey Jones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, like, there's a lot of non-shooters here. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, like, yeah, anytime – you know, making a trade is, you know, I'm always thinking about value and things like that, right? Like, cause you know, you don't want to get ripped off and right. And you know, you don't want to, you know, overpay and, and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, like it, it's, it's become less and less of a concern for me. You know, obviously it has to be within a certain bound, right? Like, mm-hmm. but, um, as you know, my mentality now is like, Hey, um, really doesn't matter as long as you feel like it makes your team better. You know, it, like, I mean, you know, because I, I paid a lot for, was it Herder, Foltz, and uh, somebody else. But anyway, yeah, I, I gave up, you know, Sadiq Bey, who's, you know, young, good player. And then I, I gave up, like, I think two ones, right? And I mean, that's a fucking mm-hmm. lot, you know? Especially for, like, Kevin Herder, right? Fucking Kevin Herder, <laughs> right? But, you know, in this league, like those minutes and those stats are so fucking valuable, right? And I just felt like, you know, the environment in Sacramento is just so juicy, right? They just, you know, you know, offensively and the dual eligibility, and then you know he gives a little bit of times, but yeah, I mean, like I paid a lot, um, but I, you know, it sucked. Obviously, I would rather not have paid it, but yeah, of course. You know, at the end of the day, like you know. If that's what it took to to make that deal happen, and I felt like I was making my team better, which I felt like I did, 
Uh, mm-hmm. That's really the only thing that matters, you know. And so, um, yeah, I think some people they get too caught up in in the value aspect of it. Um, like I, I was having a discussion in a, in a different league uh, about you know making a trade. So basically, I you know I had Bam out of bio in that in that league. Uh, it's a thirty-two team as well, and you know a lot of people are interested in it. Um, you know I'm not the worst team, but I'm kind of right below. Uh, middle so my team is very young right and so um you know a lot of the guys were coming and you know i was like hey yeah like he's available but i mean you're gonna have to pay up you have to pay for him right basically like yeah there's a price for him but you know i'm not gonna just sell him just to sell him right so uh there was one person i was having discussions with and um you know we were talking about another player and you know he was like well you know, this player is, you know, 30, 35th in per cat ranking over the last, whatever, 10 weeks, and, which is fine. I have no problem with it. Personally, I don't like to get into, like, that type of discussion just because it's, it's like, oh, really? Like, then we have to, you know, go stat, you know, and go back and forth on stats and blah, 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 right? And then, you know, the thing is, is, like, um, you know, like, a lot of, like, that particular player's ranking, like, is, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's on blocks, right blocks and field goal percentage whereas bam like you get in the total package right and i was like mm-hmm. hey i mean yeah the numbers say that they're pretty close but they're not in the same <laughs> tier <laughs> you know so you can try to sell me on the numbers like he's 15th ranked and bam is whatever whatever you know 13th ranked that doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> you know because, yeah. you, you know what i'm saying but but some people are so focused on like the value aspect of it you know and you know so um and then, you know, also like, well, you know, when we're talking about like compensation and stuff like that, you know, they're like, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's a little too rich for me, which is fine. Right. But then, you know, it's like, eh, you know, I don't think, you know, he takes me over the top, but I will do this trade instead. Right. And then, you know, you know, usually it comes to like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, obviously they want to make a run for the playoffs. Right. And so they don't want to get rid of their core guys. Right. But if you want a guy like Bam, you got to give to get, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, so like the whole value equation, like, it, like it gets all skewed from that perspective too, right? So, um, yeah, but that, that that shit is fun, man. You know, like, uh, just going through those discussions, like, uh, it's very interesting to me. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling kind of similar to how I felt after the after the startup draft, which is like really tired of thinking about this now, <laughs> like. I, I spent the last like week or so just like scouring things and yeah. like really thinking about like what is the value of like a six dollar Malik Beasley mm-hmm. and like how much does it mean to me to go and try and get a guy like that. Um, I'm I'm somewhat relieved that the trade deadline has passed. The sort of drop deadline, not really a deadline, but like when you because of the way we set this league up, you were incentivized to drop players by yesterday. Um, and so I kind of have a sense of what the pool is. I have a sense of like where my team is, what we still need. Um, there'll be a couple of addition. There will be at least an addition, I hope, um, over the next couple of days. And then we'll just see, you know, like there's just, like we were saying earlier with the injuries, there's just, at some point, there's just not anything you can do to control that, you know? There's like nothing. if the guys, if the guys play that week, then great. And if they don't, you try again next year. Um, but I think like knowing yourself and knowing where your team is, 
is really invaluable. I think the bigger the league is, the more uh, the more like sort of uh, precious that knowledge is. Um, everyone oftentimes are are inclined to go for it, um, and so if you can, I think like me being willing to sell, like at least entertaining the the idea of it and getting a lay of that landscape was really useful. Uh, I, obviously, I didn't end up doing that, um, mostly because the players that I that would be interesting to sell are are young guys that I'd like to keep on this roster. Um, and like, they're just the, some of the guys that I have on the roster are people that are sort of down in this community right now. Like there's not a ton of value for Collins. Now there wasn't a ton of value for Hayes. Um, you know, people are scared off of Brooke cause he's 34 yeah. and like, I get that. Right, right but, so. yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, knowing where your, where your team is and what your, sort of larger trajectory is, is really helpful. Cause like I, I was considering moving Brooke and another player getting in on Paolo. Cause like I definitely, he wouldn't, Paolo would not help me win this year. I would, I would sort of write off getting in yeah. into the money at all, but like that's a top 25 dynasty guy. Like if he's available, you should ask about him. I think so. He's a foundational piece for sure. Yeah. Especially in a dynasty league. Um, what, uh, what stopped you from making that deal? I couldn't convince the guy to trade me Paolo Bancaro. Got you, got you. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't you. Like, okay, know. got you. Uh, it was like, I don't, Joel, I think we can make the money work, but I don't think this is the deal for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but, you know, because, because I was like in the top 10, I kept on thinking of, I kept on looking for ways to get better, ways that I can, I can catch people, ways that I can get there. And I think like when you're, you know, you're, I want to hear what, how you're approaching this because you're in a different position, but, you know, coming from like a, a playoff team that like could do some damage, um, you want to win, you're, you're telling your own story, you're the hero here, but like 30 teams, man, it's hard. It's going to be really hard to win. Um, and so knowing that like everyone else around you is leaning forward, it could be a nice time to sell. It didn't end up working that way, but but you're in first place in this roto standing. The roto, yeah. What did what did you do to sort of solidify that or to sort of buttress your team? Where there are different ways of thinking from what I was doing. Yeah, so you know, from from the get go, I knew I wanted to stay young, um, and I wanted to stay balanced uh, monetarily. And I think I learned that from uh, this guy in the uh, uh, dynasty, the thirty team football league that we play and he's won like two two out of the last three championships but mm. you know basically like and, you know, i remember at the startup auction um he was probably the last one to buy a player he just waited 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 and then he just fucking cleaned the streets and you know a lot of these just older guys and just just i think football it's a lot more important right because the rosters are deeper and it's just football like dudes get hurt all the time so yeah. it just makes a lot more sense than that but the key thing that i got from it was just you know depth right and just having just so much depth and um uh not having too much uh resources allocated in one particular player because uh like i think stars and scrubs works very well and you probably should do it in a more shallow league uh just because you know, there's more options on the waiver wire and there's replication. It's just easier to replace stuff like that. But in a deeper league, the 30 teamers, uh, I just don't see how it's viable. I mean, 
I guess like yeah like you know these Giannis teams and these other teams that uh, you know they have the triumvirates and they're feeling well I mean they're solid teams they're really good but man if one of those guys goes down they have their toes there, there's no fucking chance right or you know if he plays two games in a week right and you know if one of my guys plays four and matches or exceeds him then he's in bad shape you know that's a big hole so, so yeah it's it's tough but you know i i definitely think it's it's i mean they're the, the ceiling is higher for those teams obviously right but okay so anyways i wanted to say you know young obviously in balance and then coming out of the draft um yeah it, my team was really fucked because somebody made me pay up for walker kessler which really fucked my end game. Dude, I mean, you you're still you're still way out ahead having having a fifteen dollar player who's blocking two shots a game. Like, that's the other thing that I'll I'm just gonna jump yeah, in really quickly and it. say like blocks are impossible in a thirty team yeah. league. Like, Brook Lopez is about value in fantasy basketball across the board is tied to his block rate, but like, there just aren't that many dudes that block shots. They're getting one block a game from a player that actually plays is massive. And so having Kessler on a 21 year old on a $15 contract in a dynasty format, it's good. You like still it. made out. Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, you know, so I wanted to stay, um, you know, obviously very balanced. So like, you know, my son, I guess Sangoon and Kessler, right. 2021. Sure. Uh, and then that's why, so coming out of, so after the season started, I definitely had some dead spots, uh, dead, dead rosters, and then I realized um, I needed uh, I needed more threes, right, and I needed so, a little more guard stats. So that's why I kind of pulled the trigger on Fultz, Herder, uh, and then so after that, like I had Nemius Quetta, he was doing nothing, right, and um, you know there were a couple spots that I wanted to upgrade. So uh, was it the O'Shea Brissett, Gabe Vincent, which actually Gabe Vincent, I feel more comfortable now because it allowed That's going to work. Yeah, so I was good. The O'Shea Brissett one, I wanted to upgrade. And there was another spot I wanted to upgrade. So uh, so about like maybe a month before the deadline. So for the last month, I've basically been just looking for ways to um, upgrade. So just sending out a lot of two-for-ones and I was trying to, but a lot of people weren't down with it, right? Well, you know, which is fine. Like I get it, right? And, and especially you know, this $2, $3 players that are young and that are getting minutes, like they're really valuable. And so people are, are holding on to them. So I get it, right? Yeah. Why you got to spend a first round pick to get Corey Gisbert. Yeah, Gisbert, exactly, you know? exactly. So um, I just kept trying to, my uh, my main goal was just to accumulate as many minutes as I could. That 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 was really, that's all it was. And then uh, after that, uh, kind of like some positional flexibility. And that's why I really like PJ Washington. Um, just because he has a forward center, and then I needed, a, you know, some big men stats too. Uh, so I feel like my 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 team is pretty balanced from uh, from a lot of perspective. Uh, from you know positionally, I think I'm very balanced, uh, and stat wise, I'm pretty balanced. Um, you know, some my percentages, like the free throw, <laughs> there's nothing I can do with that. So I didn't even bother yeah. trying to address it. So so at that point, um, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to bludgeon, bludgeon counting stats with volume, and mm-hmm. you know, so head to head, I don't know. I, I have to. I, I think I had to get really lucky to make a, a deep run head to head. But I think Roto, I'm feeling pretty good just because, uh, 
Um, I'm just sending fucking wave after wave of just dudes just just trying to accumulate as many and so like i've yeah. made a lot of headway in like a, a lot of these you know these counting stats so um yeah so yeah i've got tough. it pulled up here you're you're you have 27 points in threes 30 points in points 22 points in rebounds 30 points in dimes 29 points in steals 26 points in blocks yeah. like that yeah they're your counting stats yeah so i'm just trying to bludgeon with volume um, and you know, games played. What I'm at six oh four, right? That's near the top. So there's, there's only two other teams, yeah, over six hundred. So you and Chicago, right? So yeah, I mean, because I know I don't have the superstar, the Giannis, to win a week or anything like that. Like I just, you know, hopefully at some point, like these these young guys do turn into that. Like then then mm-hmm. that would be the, the dream, right? But as of now, uh, it's just a bunch of stat accumulators and just volume and. Uh, I think that's the, the yeah that's the only way I can compete. Just like uh, yeah, just just send my horde my horde of masses. <laughs> that's right. Just wait, bodies. We're throwing twenty four minutes a twenty four minutes a player at this. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's old school. It's like you know World War One trans warfare. You know, or like uh, yeah, you know, you know, it's or like uh, I kind of equate it to like you know if the U.S. ever tried to invade China with their aircraft carriers. China would just send out all these fucking like a million missiles, right? And like, yeah, like you could shoot down two hundred thousand of them, but there's still eight hundred thousand left. You know? <laughs> like, all I've got are bodies, yeah, man. Yeah. Wave after wave. Um, yeah, I think you're in good shape for Roto, man. I really do. I don't know how anyone's going to catch you. It definitely won't be me. Um, injuries. Yeah. Most because I'm, I've got well. Also, like my field goal percentage is a real problem. <laughs> I've I've drafted a team full of guys that don't know how to shoot yet, and the the hope, the promise is like yeah. Sohan, Trey Jones, Scotty Barnes will learn how to do it. And like then that was the other kind of tricky thing with my team is like, we're early. This is, I have $57 committed to one guy and he's not a top 30 player this year. Nice. So like the hope is that he gets there. The understanding is that he'll get there. But that was what I sort of felt like I was in this awkward position of like, I shit, I could, I could win. Do I need to speed this up? Um, which was like acquiring Brooke Lopez. And then the injuries hit and I was like, shit, I can't win. Yeah. What do I need to do to slow this back down? Yeah. And that was bringing in Kispert. So nice. Uh, well, you, you pivoted, you adjusted. So that's good. Well, you know, needed to, yeah. um, there wasn't a path forward with Kevin Love, you know, or Reggie Bullock or, um, you know, or KCP even earlier in the season, um, or JaVale McGee, like, whew, I'm glad I pulled that. I bailed on that early. That, that has not come back to bite me at all. Yeah, you get, Hey, so sorry. I need to cut this short. Um, no I doubt. need to go doubt, but it's, uh, always a pleasure, you know, talking with you. It's, it's always fun. Um, happy Valentine's day. I heard you're cooking for the wife. I am cooking yeah, for the wife. Yeah. You're the fucking man. Um, I'm trying. Yeah. So have a good one. I will talk to you next week, man. Sounds good. Take care, Sam. Cool. Later.